0: Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Down. So happy to be here with you today. The music in the background is from our good buddy, Mr. Tornwells, and his new album, Citizen of Heaven, releases this week. So make sure you grab a copy. Hey, and you may have heard me mention it, but this is a super exciting announcement. My book, 100 Days to Brave, is available this week in Spanish. You guys, I'm so excited. I cannot believe it. We have been. Hoping, hoping, hoping. And a Spanish publisher picked it up and it is available anywhere you buy books. So if your native language is Spanish, if you're learning Spanish, if people you love read and speak Spanish fluently and you've wanted to put a hundred days to brave in their hands, now you can. It's available anywhere books are sold. So if you you can go into your local bookstore and ask them if they don't have it on the shelf to order it for you, or you can grab it online as well. But yay, I'm so excited it's finally available. As keeps happening. We kind of have some themes that arise every now and again on the podcast, and it just feels like something that we're going to talk a lot about this year is prayer. So whether it's something that's a part of your everyday life or it's a newer concept to you, we are going to talk about it. And one of my friends, one of my favorite pastors, Jarrett Stevens from Soul City Church, actually had a book come out in January called Praying Through overcoming the obstacles that keep us from God and it is such a great book to walk with you as you are growing your prayer life wherever it is today and growing forward so I think you are gonna love this conversation we really go for it and talk about some hard things so I hope you are ready for that let's continue our conversation about prayer that we've been having for the last couple of months here is my friend Jarrett Stevens. We're gonna be fine.
1: Yeah, that's all good, right? Uh, yeah, this we're is, great. I mean, there's that nothing has gotten in the way of this recording so far, uh, oh,
0: <laughs> except everything. Oh, nothing except <laughs> right. everything.
1: Right, Jarrett right. Stevens,
0: I am publicly apologizing to you that you have had to set up and plan to record this podcast twice, and both times yes. the flu has kept made it impossible. I'm so sorry,
1: Annie. I take it very personally, and I'm very offended. <laughs> that you that you would get sick. I cannot believe that you would schedule to get sick like right when we were supposed to. No, of course. I know, are you kidding I'm me? Sorry. No, I'm just happy to be talking with you.
0: Well, and my bigger disappointment was just not getting to see you because I think you're great and I was so looking well, forward to sitting yeah. down and having this conversation face to face.
1: Well, listen, we're ear to ear. That sounds weird, That'll but do. we are, no, we, no, are no. we are. <laughs> we
0: are super ear to ear. Um, I want to start by heaping on some compliments. Are you ready for that? Sure. Okay. One of my dearest Always. friends is in the traveling cast of Mean Girls, which is currently in Chicago. Oh, okay. And she and some of the cast are coming to Soul City Church on Sundays and are singing y'all's praises on social media get out
1: of here oh that's did you know so that cool. no i did not know that at all that's so fun that that is really cool i can you like uh tell them to come say hey yes 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 Sunday? i did tell
0: her the first time she posted okay. i was like hey you know those are like my, my actual people like you should yeah. go talk to them and she was like yeah. no i didn't i mean they literally i think remind me what time y'all services are on sundays
1: uh, 8.30, 10, and 11.30.
0: Okay, so I think the eleven thirty one. there was one that, that worked for their, or maybe it's, there's one of them that works for the Broadway schedule.
1: That life, yes.
0: Yeah, and I, I can't remember if it's the early one because they have a show, a matinee, or if it's the late one because of the Saturday night well, show. Well, listen, but.
1: this is important, Annie. Are we recording right now?
0: Yeah, we're going, brother.
1: Oh, this is the thing. We're in the thing? Sorry, i sorry. thought we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were just hanging out. No, 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 this is okay. us going. Okay, well, they should. We have some folks in our church who are on Broadway and who, like, there's some connections. I'd love to help them get connected. Great. Okay. Um,
0: So, one of the reasons I bring it up, besides I wanted to thank you for loving my people from a distance, um, is for cities like yours and ours, where there are transient people like that who just come in for three weekends, but are there every weekend, or who just come in. How do you think of them on Sunday mornings? Do you get a chance to think of them? And how should we think about people who are just in our city for a couple of weeks, or maybe just one weekend?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think some of the uniqueness of a big city like Chicago is that you do have people coming for a season. And you know we tried to fight this when we started the church nine years ago and thought, no, 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 plant your roots, plant your roots and and stay. And I do think there's an incredible value and spiritual blessing to planting your roots and to really giving yourself to a work of God and to a people of God, a community. And I also think jobs change and people move. And we spent the first couple of years trying to fight that. And then Really taking it all very personally, you know, like, well, why'd you leave? Why, why couldn't you just stick around? Or are we not good enough for you? You know, and and then eventually going, oh well, wait, if we only have people for however long the season is, and it's typically for a lot of folks in our city, it's about two years. You know, if we got folks for about two years, then how can we pour into them? all that we've got. I think my human inclination is to pull back mm. when I think, okay, well, you might be out of here. Okay. Well, and our joke, it's just so you understand, Annie, our joke at soul city is how long till you're moving to Nashville. I uh-uh, mean, that's, just seems like that's where, every, <laughs> yes, that seems like <laughs> where everyone is going. And rather than pulling back, which is my inclination, we've just said, you know what, let's just pour all in. What, why, who says that we own people's, you know, whether they stay or whether they go, that's totally in God's hands and that's up to them. So, mm. So for us, it's, well, let's just go all out and pour all into the people that we have while we have them. And for the folks who stay, let's dive in deeper with them. I mean, that really is, it, it, rather than trying to fight it, we just said, okay, well, God, if you've given us this window, how can we pour as much of the work that you're doing here into their lives while they're here? And that uh-huh. really is kind of the shift for us the last couple of years. And, you know, and it's, but it's still, Annie, it's still really, it's a it's sad. I mean, there's still like folks that were like, oh my gosh, we, we are in it together with each other. And and I get it. Life, you know, God called you to something else or another opportunity came up. It's still really sad. And it's yeah. really hard for me not to take it personally. You know, it, it, even though it is not personal, yeah. it still feels that way. But it does to rather me too. I'm be- not
0: even a pastor at Crosspoint. I'm on the yeah. teaching team, but I'm not a pastor there. But someone just last week told me the story of like, oh yeah, I went to visit this church. And actually there's a lot of Crosspoint people there because blah, 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 blah. And I was like, not personal, cool. not personal, not personal, yeah, not, not personal, not personal. Because yeah. I'm like I picked my church, and it wasn't personal to anybody else,
1: right? And listen, I to, you know we say it all the time. To, when we started Soul City, we had to leave two other churches to get to this church. Yeah. So so we've done this. Like we had we worked at Willow Creek Church for 11 years. We worked at North Point Church in Atlanta for four years. We had to leave those places to get to this place. So I cannot be upset or disappointed or frustrated. With anyone else doing what we've already done to get to the point that we're at. So it really is, you know, having to just get a different perspective, a real shift.
0: I love that you say we because it really is you and Jeannie, right? I mean, y'all, do y'all co pastor Soul City? Is that how you phrase it?
1: Yeah, 100% from the beginning. I mean, it's co pastor, co parent, co everything for us. That's just the way that it's, we feel God set it up for us in our marriage first and then in our, Family and then in our ministry. Yeah. So, and if anything, if you've spent time around Jeannie, you know, I mean, she really gives the lion's share of the leadership uh, to the church. And so, and she's a dynamic communicator. And so, yeah, it's, it's a, we've both been full time from day one and have had to set up, you know, the way we do ministry around our family so that we can be fully co parents as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. We've got to talk about your kids for just a second. I don't know how public, I mean, you put them on the internet, but.
1: I mean, yeah, they no, both G- have the yeah.
0: coolest personalities.
1: Oh, that that's, I'll tell them you said that. How that's did very, y'all that'll do that? will go straight to I mean, their head. Oh, we didn't do that. I
0: mean, Gigi and her cooking, which yeah, by the way, she's no, really she, slowed down on the internet. I kind of miss it.
1: She has. She has. She's, you know, she's regrouping and she, you know, she's got a whole team kind of directing her next phase. Okay. Of, uh, okay.
0: She's got some management yeah, now. That's why we're not persona. seeing as much. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, they're just, uh, we've just tried, you know, for us we've tried to get behind their dreams and their visions and support them as best we can. And so, yeah, for Gigi, she is, you know, you're not supposed to type kids, but we're fairly confident. She's an eight, just like her mom mm-hmm. on yep. the Enneagram. And what and are so you by the way goes, on the Enneagram? Girl, you know, I'm a seven. I Come know on, you're a
0: seven.
1: This, <laughs> this is probably why we couldn't be together physically because it right. would not, it would not, we would not have gotten anything productive done, That's but right. we would have had some That's fun. Right. So you're a seven and Gigi's
0: so, an eight and y'all think Gigi yeah, is displaying. Yeah. Some- Behaviors that look like she's
1: pretty yeah. passionate. Whatever she's into, she's a hundred percent into and she goes hard. So yeah. So yeah. whether it's cooking, I mean, she's a, she's amazing, Annie. Like yeah. she makes full meals for us. She is amazing at baking and she's an artist and she's a singer and performer. So she's just like my gosh. But you also have her in school, right? 100. She also goes to school. Well, she, she's a human child that yeah. lives in the world. <laughs> so we have to remind her that at some point. Like you have these other responsibilities first. But, right yeah, and then Elijah is, you know, he's really different. He's our oldest and he's he is um when he gets into things he goes all in as well so he's just like so into sneakers right now and he is he started we invested in his sneaker business so we were the first investors and kind of getting this business up off the ground for him and annie he is legit at 14 making money i mean he was just Uh -uh. showing me stuff that he's done and, and his little spreadsheet of what he's sold and what he's buying and like he is insane and we'll be watching a basketball game and i'll be like what shoes are those i mean you know a wide shot of the court. I'm like, right. he wearing And he'll tell me the exact shoes of the guys wearing. And so we've just tried to get behind their dreams and passions. Our our goal is we want to set them up to be incredible humans who love God and love this world. And we're not trying to shoehorn them into our thing. We're not trying to shoehorn them into ministry. We're not sure. We just want to get behind and fan as as best we can way easier said than done, but we want to fan into flame, their gifts and talents and passions and visions for their life. So they're just, they're just a kick. I mean, they, and they keep us, so freaking humble. They are not, (laughs) sure, not impressed. Andy, they're not impressed. Like they, they they're just, they just keep it so real. And I'm so, 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 so grateful for that.
0: Oh, I bet. I, and I would just say, I would wonder, I had Jeff, your friend, Jeff Henderson, you're also friends with Jeff. Mm -hmm. Jeff and his wife and daughter were on the show a couple of weeks ago. I saw that. It was awesome. I love them. But I would ask you the same question is, you know, your kids are, five years younger than theirs, I guess. Maybe you're about five years behind Mm -hmm. in raising them up, and your kids don't hate the church either. (laughs) How'd you do that? How did you raise kids in a church where it's your job? You planted Soul City Church, so it's y'all's full-time thing, and you've moved cities three times over it, and your kids still love God and the church.
1: Yeah, So far. Yeah. well, listen, How so far, God willing, yeah, how broken is it that that's the assumption that if your parents are in full-time yeah. vocational ministry, that the assumption is you're either going to hate the church or hate God or hate your parents or, right. or, or some combination of all three, and, you know, I just, I grew up in and around church um, and saw several friends whose parents were in ministry, and um, my mom was on staff at the church we grew up at, and I I watched that, Annie, that whole, that old story play out where they hated God, hated the church, resented and regretted. It, and I get it. I completely understand why. And so when we got this vision from God to start Soul City Church, we made three vows and commitments. And one of them was that our children will not suffer for this sacrifice. Wow. We are not going to let them suffer for this sacrifice that we're about to make. Now, they don't really get a vote. Like they're kind of coming along with us. Right, in this right, line. right.
0: They don't get to make the decision.
1: No, no, we didn't take it up for a vote, but it was. But we don't want them to to have to suffer, and so we've set up some rules. We have a very clear rule since the very beginning of how many nights out a week um, that we can be out as a family. Uh, you know, for Jeannie and I, we they only come to one of our services. We've always made it that way, so we've had to work around and get really creative and get some real support so that they come to church like it's their church versus coming to our church. Mm. And um they have their own relationships and and with you know their friend they have their own reasons to go to church other than being dragged to church with us. And we have been very intentional and worked really hard to keep it as normal as possible for them. And thankfully too, with all of our work that we've been doing on our end, we just have such good, they're such good people at our church, Annie. And they're so not kind of in that old church mentality where they get weird around the pastor's kids. They're so kind and fun and loving and supportive to our kids. And I'm telling you, by and large, they have been—our church has been so good and so kind to our kids. And I think that's been a huge factor as well. You know, they don't make it weird for them or have some unfair, unrealistic expectation on them because they're our kids. It's all— pretty normal. It's like, like pretty uneventful and unexciting yeah. to be, you know, Jarrett and Jeannie's kids at our church. And so, and we've tried to keep it as non-weird as possible. So right. that's been, <laughs> that's, that's been some of the stuff we've done with them, but they're just, they, they're such a, they just make us laugh and keep us so stinking humble. Yeah. Annie. Like we just, like it is, everything looks great on Instagram, but like in real life, like right. they just, you know, it's challenges. They're, they're still people. Teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Teenager and preteen and they're going through their things. And so we try and, and keep it as real as possible and have dinner every night together. Like We've set some things that I'm really that I'm really proud of that we've yeah. done that we're just now starting to see some of the fruit of that.
0: Yeah, I would love for you to talk about that because there are parents that are listening who have five-year-olds and seven-year-olds that are doing the like, hey, most nights of the week we all sit down to eat, or we've found a way for our kid to volunteer at church in hopes that they will feel yeah. like it's their church as well, those kind of things, yeah. but they're in the middle of sowing the seed they're not seeing any fruit yet
1: yeah yeah i was just it's the long game Manny. like it's just looking at it, the long game and it's you know steady plotting in the same direction that we you know it was a long obedience in the same direction mm-hmm. like we with our kids that commitment to you know that they wouldn't suffer for the sacrifice that we would be home these many nights of the week that we would always have dinner together and every dinner we do highs and lows and we hear about their day and oh
0: do you every dinner you know
1: they're yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah, we yeah we got halfway through them last night, and then some kind of chaos broke out of silliness and craziness. So I, I didn't get to share mine. So I'm, that's my low for today. That <laughs> that's to right. Today
0: my, you'll bring my highs my, and lows. Yeah. <laughs> my low was <laughs> that I never yeah. finished my low. I didn't yesterday. get to
1: share mine. You yeah. guys. And then there's specific prayers that we've prayed over them since for each of them, one for Gigi and one for Elijah. On, I, I I would love to, for you to think that it was incredibly intentional and we set out to do it. We kind of stumbled into it when we brought each of them home from the hospital, but we've prayed those prayers over them just just about every night of their life with them. And we've really seen God lead them into the prayers that we've been praying with them since they were little itty bitties and couldn't, you know, speak or walk or talk or any of that yeah. sort of stuff. So for us, it's just that Do you pray it with game. them
0: or do you just pray it for them?
1: Yeah, yeah, with them. Yeah, okay. when we pray with them. There's other stuff that come up too that we pray with. There is a, a very specific prayer that's unique to each of them that we've prayed over them and uh, amidst all the other stuff that's going on, you know, Spanish test and uh-huh, all, you know, uh-huh. whatever else is going on. But
0: Okay, so for my friends who, like, are just getting into prayer, maybe, and they're yeah. or they're just realizing, like, man, I'd love to pray specifically for my kids, but I didn't start when they were zero. My kid's three, or my kid's 11. Is it too late to start a specific thing you pray every day, or how would you even write up what to pray for your kid every night? Yeah,
1: yeah it's completely too late. You might as well just give up now. <laughs> There's no point. You, just, missed the, you missed If it. you didn't start yeah, the day they were born, the
0: Lord will not move.
1: Good luck with that, but yeah, no, of, course, of of course. Like, there's any. This is the whole idea of the the book that I just put out. It's like, you start where you're at. Where else can you start from? Right. As with anything in life, you know, where there you have to start where you're at, and you learn and kind of fumble and stumble your way into it. And the whole point of prayer, so you were asking about praying for your kids or praying a prayer over your family. The whole Point of it is not perfection. That is like a that there no one wins at that game. If we're supposed to perfect prayer and get it all dialed in and get it all perfect and have all the right words and say it all the right times and pray for a certain number of minutes a day, and if it's perfection, everyone loses. But the the point of prayer isn't perfection. It's actually participation. That you would start Mm. where you're at and participate with God. And so, if you know, for anyone listens, like, gosh, I never really thought of that, or I, I don't know if I've been consistent with that, you can just start tonight. And and for us, it was it was before we even knew their personalities, but it was just things that, it was just words that we just started saying over and over and over again And when we would pray for them each night, again, before they even understood words. And so we just said, well, let's just keep praying this over them and see what God does with this prayer. And mm. so, you know, as you are looking at your, if you have kids, you're looking at your kids or you're looking at a relationship or that, that why wouldn't you want to Pray specific vision into that. Pray a promise of God over that. You know, and that's what our prayers for them are based on is the promises of God. And so we pray that over them, counting and believing that God will be faithful to each of those. And you can start right where you're at. No, I just, that's it. You literally just start right where you're at. It doesn't have to be, we just, gosh, we, okay, I won't say we. I overcomplish. No, I'm going to say me because I can't speak for the entire universe. <laughs> so I'll just but you speak know, for me. if you
0: screw up with it, you know I do. You know well, it's my listen, problem listen. too. You've known me long enough.
1: I, I overcomplicate prayer. I yeah. And I've, I've, I've grown up around it. I've grown up in the church. I've done all that stuff. I way overcomplicate it. And so for us, it's just, can we just unpack this and make it simple and make it something that I can incorporate into my daily life? Because if it doesn't work in my daily life, it doesn't work. What's the point? But if I can make it in such a way where I can pray whatever this prayer is or this way of praying and I can incorporate that in my life, well, then it's it's going to be a lot stickier and it's going to take me a lot further than yeah. just trying to assume that I have to get it all right or pray like this person or pray like that person. So,
0: We love talking about prayer around here purely because we're all trying to learn. It's one of the mm. things that Kevin Queen, when he's on the show, we talk about a lot. But I I had a person ask me a funny question the other day, and you brought it back to mind because of when you said the promises of God. That is what Mm -hmm. we want to pray over our lives and over our friends' lives is what God has promised. But someone the other day said, do you feel like God's promised you a husband? And I was like, Mm -hmm. ooh, yo, I don't think the Bible says Mm -hmm. that. You know, like Mm -mm. that Mm -hmm. doesn't—I mean, I have desires, and I know what he says about desires, but I, I really struggle with the idea that I have heard God promise me something that isn't in Scripture. So, because that's because I'm flawed and I can mishear things constantly, but I also hear God and I know that he speaks to us still. How do you figure out the promises that you're praying over your own life or someone else's life? Do you stick with what the Bible says or do you feel like you can say, God's promised me these things and I'm going to pray into
1: those? Promise is such a
0: big word to me.
1: It is. And I think, you know, what I'm talking about when I say we pray the promises of God over them, I mean, that these are ones that you can look to and find in the Bible. These are things that God has said he would do. You can count on him to do this. And as you already said, Annie, that's not the only thing like, yes, you can count on those prayers like that. That is that is one of those like sure shot guaranteed. Like you pray the promise over God, uh, this particular promise or these promises over your life or over your family or over whatever it is you can count on seeing those. You can depend on those. And as you already said, God also says, bring me all the desires of your heart, like bring them and name them and speak them. And what happens over time is whether or not God gives you the desires of your heart, what does happen as you keep bringing those desires to God is he gives you right desires for your heart. And so Mm. if there's some sort of fear of it being out of alignment or I don't know if God, keep praying it and God will over time, shape and direct and teach and mold and and the great work of the holy spirit which i'm going to talk about in the whole book like thank god for the holy spirit because the spirit intercedes on our behalf the bible tells us that the spirit goes before us with beyond words things that we we may be praying specific words but the spirit's like look father this is what this is what she really means yeah (laughs) this is what's really going on here you know even if we don't get the words right or we have some motive that's our own. And I just think we what we so often miss is the invitation to come to God in prayer is like a child to a parent. And if I expect my kids to get it right on the first take, that is so unrealistic that they would be able to guess my mind or guess what I want or guess my heart. Like That comes over time in relationship. And so for whatever it is that I'm praying, and for you to say like, "Yeah, I'm praying for a husband," I would say, "Go on, pray that prayer." Yeah. Why wouldn't you pray that? Pray it specifically. Pray it boldly, whether that is specifically promised in the Bible or not. God says, "Bring the desires of your heart," right. and He's going to shape those desires over time. And I just think that that is how else can we come to God but from what is most in our heart? Like, yeah. what what else are we supposed to bring to God other than that?
0: Yeah, and so when you're praying for your children. That that even works there, where you just pray what you know, and over time you know more, and the Holy Spirit will shapeshift your prayer in you.
1: Yeah, in you for you. I mean, all of that happens, you know, in you. Like that, that's transformation that you you begin to see that. Oh yeah, I used to only think about this or only ask God for this or only, but now, gosh, you know, two years in, five years in, I just see my prayers are. I'm, I'm talking about things that are more and more aligned with the heart of God and those things seem less and less important to me than they once did. That's transformation yeah and the Holy Spirit does that work for you so it does the work in you but also does it for you where yeah. it's you may never even know but you're what is truly in your heart and your soul the spirit knows and and takes to the Father on, on your behalf that's pretty powerful like yeah. that's kind of like you can't you can't really fail you can't screw this one up as long as you're coming to God from where you're at
0: man that's the that's the part I love being reminded is that I actually can't screw up in prayer (laughs) if if I'm coming with a pure heart. Now, if I'm coming to manipulate, that's a whole nother game.
1: Yeah. And listen, our daughter, Gigi, when we started praying with our kids and have them pray, like she goes, I already told you, she goes hard. Like when she says, Elijah prays over our breakfast together and Gigi prays over our dinner together. And then we pray together at night but when Gigi prays at dinner I mean Annie she's like she's listing when she was little she would go through it God she would get real specific I asked for a puppy I want you to bring a puppy into our house God Yeah I asked for this American girl doll I want this and she would name the specific American girl doll like she would just get real specific with God and say you know this and I just what I love about it is yeah I don't know if that's necessarily the most you know best thing you could be praying, but she's yeah. just praying from where she's at, and yeah. over time those prayers have grown, and um, and God has obviously given her a little bit bigger desire than just um, American Girl dolls. I will say though, to the power of Gigi's prayer, we have not one but two dogs in
0: our house. <laughs> <laughs> I've got so a list of things I'd I like should, Gigi to bring down for me as well. So you need, oh. <laughs> to, you need to
1: get her to intercede <laughs> on your behalf because I right. that was not in the plan, Annie. That's that right. to have two. Dogs in our house, and she prayed them into existence. So, the prayer of a righteous 10 year old or uh, nine year old, and she prayed for that is powerful and effective.
0: Yeah. Tell me, you know, for people who have prayed that people they love would be healed and those people have died, or that a relationship would be restored and it hasn't been, what do you do with those prayers you prayed about something that didn't go the way you wanted them to?
1: Yeah, this is a huge one. And I think this is lots of times whether it you know you don't see god answer the way that you want him to or you don't sense you that you're hearing from god i think this that is what i found at least in my own life is that's a real turning point yeah for a lot of folks where it's their faith either grows up, where they're able to lean into the dependence of God in and mm. the providence of God in a, in a deeper way, or it blows up. It either grows up or it blows up. Oh, that's And good. I've seen that too, and I'm sure you have too, that for folks, it's like, well, wait a second, I went all in, I begged, I prayed, we had all these people praying, and it didn't happen, whatever it is. And so how could a good God not do that? And I think that's for a lot of folks. I've seen them really, I mean, walk away from the whole deal because uh, that God didn't move in the specific way that they were asking them to. You know, I, I love the way that Nikki Gumbel says it. He says when, and this is so good, and just you step back and go, yep, that's good. Yeah. He says that w- when we prayed for nobody to be healed, no one was healed. Mm. When we prayed for everybody to be healed, some were healed.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's just like, so if I'm not going to pray for healing, how do I even know if I'm going to see that healing? But if yeah. I go all in and say, God, I'm praying for this. And at the same time, I'm trusting you, but this is what I want. You promise that you are the great physician. You're the yeah. healer. And when it doesn't come to pass the way that that I would have wanted, whatever it may be, for a job, for healing, for a job that didn't come through, for a marriage that's fallen apart, and I prayed and prayed and prayed, and, as I have with friends, you know, we prayed and prayed and prayed and haven't seen it come through. I, that is a, a moment to really go, am I willing to trust God beyond this? Do I trust that there, He is good? And I think so often Christians are the worst culprits of stepping in and saying the dumbest things at the worst. The times,
0: dumbest things, you know? myself included. At but the, the abs- dumbest things.
1: Yeah, totally. But and I think out of a good heart, and good intention. But what yeah. someone they don't what they don't need in a moment where they prayed and prayed and didn't see a healing come. And we, I mean, Annie, I've been like these are friends that we've prayed for, right? In our church, young folks who are fighting cancer, fighting lymphoma, that we are on that we are calling all to call to prayer, and they still died. Yeah. And to me I go, well, was that was my calling out and pouring out my heart to God, was that in vain? I mm. to me I have to step back and go, no, that was for me, that was a declaration of my dependence on God no matter what may come. That's mm. not a wasted prayer. Did I get the thing I asked for? No, but do I trust? Can I actually trust that God is ultimately good? And in this life as Jesus said, you will have trouble. But we can take heart because He has actually overcome the world. There is a greater story than just what's in front of us. But listen, there's a thousand. You and I could talk for hours and hours and hours about this, and that will not bring comfort to someone who has poured their heart out, laid their prayer, their life, their soul in the line with God, and not seen Him move the way they asked. And there's no, there's nothing you and I could say. No easy little answer to to step into that mystery of god do i really trust that you actually are this is what it's really all about not did you give me what i wanted not did you do the thing i asked for are you good are you good right that's for me annie it's now i've never wondered if there's a god like i my question has never been proof of the existence of god i've kind of like from a young age like no i think there's a god i'm I'm pretty my struggle has always like always been is he good yeah. Is he really good? And what I'm really asking when I say that is, is he good to me?
0: Yeah, that's right. Is that's
1: he going right. to be good to me? And I think that is a real, those moments where we lean in and we don't see it come to pass the way we want. Can I really trust? Okay, that prayer was not in vain. That pouring out of my heart was not a waste. And I trust that you are still good, even if I don't like this, even if I wouldn't choose this.
0: I mean, that's when I wrote Remember God, the whole question I was trying to answer is Is God's, I know He's real, but is He kind?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. my
0: experiences have not been that He's overly kind. And so, yeah. I, I mean, of course they were. That was a sideways view of what no, was happening, but, but that was the yeah. question I was trying to answer.
1: Yeah. And I love that question too. Good good is categorical, kind is specific. Yeah, you know, kind is is he directing that goodness towards me in a gentle and loving way? And yeah, yeah it's a that it is a valid question of faith.
0: And I think one of the reasons we ask so many questions about prayer, again, I'm saying we, but I could just say me, is that it is so mysterious, Jared. Yeah. Like we yeah. don't know when it works and why it works and and it feels like there are times, and I would love for you to talk about this for a minute, because it feels like there mm-hmm. are times where something happens to someone we don't know and the internet starts rallying. Everybody pray, everybody pray, as mm-hmm. if we can tip a scale. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I just and that makes me sad for the people who aren't famous on the internet because they can't rally as big a group, right. so they don't get to right. tip a scale.
1: Right. Like well if that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. will
0: you explain that because works. that that bothers me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even though well, I'm look. glad to
0: get to pray for people and people I love yeah. have been talked about on the internet for people to pray for them. It's not that. It's that I something feels off about trying to tip a scale with the more people you have praying.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that then I mean that really does fit into our metrics the way that our world works, right? If I can get a majority vote, then then it'll pass, yeah. right? And that that is that that is never how it's that's never how talking with God or how prayer is described in the Bible that you know if you if you get enough people, if you get if you if you reach the quota, then God will do it. Because that's a transactional God, not a relational right. God. Right. And and that's a that is not a mysterious, that's not a God of mystery. That's a God that fits within our construct and confines, yeah. not his own.
0: And that being said, and, if someone I loved was sick, I would sure tell the internet to pray.
1: I would tell strangers on the street. Yeah, I would totally, tell totally. Yeah. So which how do is, we balance that? How do I balance
0: what I know I would do if it was my yeah.
1: person? The the whole idea behind prayer is that it does move God. We see that throughout the Bible, that God literally is moved by prayer. But it's not about an amount. It's not about, okay, once you get this number of people, it's about um, – when it, someone's heart, it's about, God, I am desperately calling out to you to move. And there's something about the mystery of God, and there's all kinds of theologians that are trying to fill in these gaps, right, that say how it works and why it works. But there is something about how God is moved by our prayer. But the the person or the entity that is most changed by prayer is not God. It's you. It's me. Yeah. That's who gets changed by prayer. And okay. so when we're rallying folks together, I think that is a, a way of going, okay, let us show loving support by going to the God of the universe and asking Him to move. And that is a good thing. Why, Like you just said, why wouldn't you do that with anyone and everyone? And we've done that with our church. We're all rallied together to pray for this thing or that yeah. thing or the other thing. And I think that's a great way to show loving support and dependence on a good and kind, like you said, God. But the whole point of it is, is about you being changed in the process, you being moved to grow and deepen your dependence on God, you actually being aware that there is a God, He is good, and He is ultimately in control, whether this thing comes to pass or not. And so I think you know, that inclination of everyone, everyone pray, I think part of that, Annie, is is not about getting up to a certain amount, but it's about can you stand in loving support? Can you stand in spiritual support Uh. with me? And that's a powerful thing. When you know that you have some people who are standing with you or To use kind of a churchy word like that, are contending? Yeah, you know, for you—that is one of my favorite words. So,
0: if we're going to use any Christianese around here, let's use contending. I love that word.
1: I want to contend for you in this. Like when you know that that is happening, that does something to you, right? That shores up your faith. That, and I talk in the book about when walking through a season of of grief, as we've walked through several in our life, and we're walking through one right now. Most recently, with our uh, Jeannie's brother who passed away very suddenly and unexpectedly this summer, and you know, there's a powerful thing to borrowing the faith of others. And I think there is something beautiful about the body as it's described in the Bible that we actually support each other. We stand with each other. We stand for each other. And there are times when I have to lean in and go, I, I, need, I need to borrow your faith. I don't have it. I can't do this on my own. I cannot do this by myself. And so to be able to lean into others, whether it's one person, whether it's your small group, whether it's the internet, whatever it is, right. it's a powerful and beautiful thing that we can actually do for each other uh, to be able to borrow faith and to have people that are supporting you, spiritually supporting you as you ask God to move in this way or that way in your life. So yeah, I don't listen, if it's my kid, if it's my friend, if it's our church, I'm going to ask anyone and everyone to stand with us because I need that support and I, I need to know that there's folks that are in this with me.
0: Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation with Jared to thank a few of our sponsors, including Grove Collaborative. Listen, those all-purpose cleaners that your mom used to use are kind of full of some chemicals that have been linked to everything from respiratory problems to cancer. And listen, you don't need toxins to have a clean home, not with Grove collaborative. They're an online marketplace that delivers all natural home, beauty and personal care products directly to you. Grove takes the guesswork out of going green. Every grove.co product is guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home and the planet. So you can save time reading those confusing labels. Here is what I love, you guys, about Grove Collaborative is that they have some of my very favorite brands getting shipped right to my house, like Burt's Bees, Mrs. Myers for cleaning things up, Seventh Generation. I mean, I absolutely love that they send me what I would choose anyway that's really healthy for me and the people in my house and my house. With Grove, you don't have to shop these multiple stores or search endlessly online to get all the natural goods you need for you and your family. Join over half a million families who trust Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Plus, shipping is fast and free for your first order. So, for a limited time, when my friends go to grove.co slash sounds fun, you will get free five piece cleaning set from Mrs. Meyer, which is awesome, and Grove, which is a $30 value. So, go to grove.co. Slash sounds fun to get this exclusive cleaning offer. Again, that's grove.co slash sounds fun. And we'd also like to thank our friends at stamps.com. Listen, we love stamps.com here at the That Sounds Fun studio at Downs Books HQ because that's how Jenna ships all of our Tuesday You Ain't Cute Tumblers is with stamps.com. You can do anything at stamps.com that you do at the post office, but right from your computer. Plus, Stamps.com gives you something you can't get at the post office, which is big discounts on postage. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer. Whether you're like us and you're just a small office sending products or invoices... Or an online seller shipping out products, also like us with our Tuesday unique cute tumblers, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. You simply use your computer to print out official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mailing, anywhere you want to send it. And once your mail is ready, you just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it in a mailbox. It's seriously that simple. With Stamps.com, you get 5 cents off of every first-class stamp and up to 40% off of priority mailing. Not to mention, it's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. Stamps.com is a no-brainer for us, and it is for y'all too, saving time and money. No wonder over 700,000 small businesses, like your own friends here at Downs Books, already use Stamps.com. So give yourself a resolution you can actually keep this year. Another good experiment. Stop going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk. And with the promo code SOUNDSFUN, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in sounds fun. That's stamps.com promo code sounds fun stamps.com. You never have to go to the post office again. And now back to the show. That perspective feels so much healthier. Even for me as a person who's been asked to pray along with things where I go, okay, this isn't about tipping a scale, so it doesn't, no. it doesn't trigger my cynicism. <laughs> right, this isn't about right. tipping a scale. This is about standing and contending spiritually with someone else to move the heart of God or to change my yeah, heart
1: and to. That's what I was just gonna say, or to see yourself moved, yourself yeah. changed, yourself yeah. transformed as you are declaring a deeper level of dependence on God.
0: Yeah. At Bethel, where they have talked about mm-hmm. even though that, that little girl didn't resurrect, it has changed their yeah. community.
1: Yes. Yeah. And no, so, we were watching along and yeah. praying along with that and going and at the same time, and going, I don't I don't know if this is going to happen, but why What do I have to lose from going all in with God? Like, really, like, and take that situation or scenario out of it. We're praying for, it could be anything. Like, Uh you know, right now we're praying that God would give us the wisdom to choose the right high school for Elijah. It's too long to explain, but it's such a broken system here in Chicago of how kids have to test it. It's more, I don't know where you went to college or if you went to college, but I I guarantee you it's, Okay, what well, what he's going through in the eighth grade is more stressful than what you went through your senior really? year applying for schools. Oh my god, it's insane, right? Oh. So we've been praying and, praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying for this specific thing. So it doesn't matter whatever the the thing is that you are actually contending for, or you are praying for, or you're asking God for. I guess the, at the end of the day, is what do I have to lose from asking God to move? Like like from literally looking like. Acting a fool in prayer and going yeah. all out, you know. I think I like if I if I'm asking God to provide something in my life that I don't currently have, and He doesn't, I'm still right where I started from. <laughs> right, started right. I'm prayer. no
0: worse off for praying.
1: I mean, like pragmatically speaking, right, right. And if I'm concerned about looking like a fool by going all out and praying for a resurrection, and I'm concerned because of what I'm ultimately trying to protect there, my ego is trying to protect my pride. I want to lose that anyway, don't I? Yeah. So if I if, if I'm going to lose some pride by looking like a fool praying for this thing, again, I would just contend what do I have to lose from believing big in God? Like yeah. I literally cannot figure out what I have to lose other than maybe a growing sense of, you know, cynicism, skepticism and all that kind of stuff that could come up if I don't see it done according to my terms or my timeline. Yeah. But I for me I just go, yeah, I why 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 I don't want to let cynicism and skepticism and fear and doubt Take the wheel of my life anyway. Period. So, yeah. so for me, it's like you know what. If people are like, "Hey, will you join me in praying big for this?" and you know, unless it's like, "God, help me win the lottery," you know, it's like, yeah oh, you know. But when we're asking for God to do the things He's said He would do, that you know, those going back to those promises of God. Yeah. What What do I have to lose from going all out?
0: Yeah, you know, I, one of the things there's like a quip that people say a lot of like, God is not a vending machine. And I want to be like, I don't have a single friend who's ever thought God was a vending machine. We all just think all my friends and the things that break people's heart are not that they ask for a car and they don't get it. It's that they really go to God the best they know how and ask for something that really matters to them. And it feels like it doesn't work out the way they want it to.
1: Yeah. It's the deeper things. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not. Yeah, totally. And even like with us praying for, Elijah's school. Ultimately, then today, we're like, you know what? We know that we will be okay no matter what comes down. God is good and kind and we will be okay. But yeah, very rarely is it those surface level things. It's usually typically the deeper things or it's the losses that we suffer that we wonder why God didn't intercede or spare us from. Those are the things where we go, okay, wait, 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 wait. Is he actually really good? Is he actually really in control?
0: Yeah. I mean— that is what the people are laughing because they've heard me say this a couple of times in the last couple of months of the show. If there's one thing my journal says right now, it is, okay, God, I don't have any control here. <laughs> but I just have yeah. to believe that the longer I know you, the less I understand how things work, but the more I understand you do control it all.
1: yeah, you are you are that is a much more easeful way of living. Honestly, when you can get to that place, it's much yeah. kinder to yourself. Yeah. To stop fighting for control or fighting for and I'm t- like we were talking about even with people leaving, remember people we were talking about people moving out of our church or leaving on like I can't tell you the number of times I've tried to control people's futures, you know, yeah. by trying to convince them to stay or no, you don't have to go or what if you did this or have you thought about this or and it's like, oh man, that I exhausted so much energy trying to control something that ultimately wasn't mine to control. And so, yeah, yeah, it is way more easeful to just be able to, and that takes takes some time to be able to get to that point with God and to be able to say, I trust you, whatever may come, I will be okay. It will be okay because you are good and you are in control. That is a, I think that is a peace that passes all understanding.
0: Yeah. I have a, I have friends that are listening that, you know, will DM me on Instagram that I don't check very much or will email us or whatever, or talk to me on Twitter who don't believe everything we believe, but are just like, okay, I'll open my Bible or I'll try praying where, I mean, I think they need to get praying through your book because each, what I love about your book is it's very deep concepts, but it's set up simply. Each chapter is like, Mm -hmm. when I need to say thanks, when I need help, when I'm worried, when I need direction, you like, it kind of gives you when I'm gripped by grief, when I don't hear mm-hmm. anything, when I am out of words. I mean, you really give mm-hmm. us topically what to do. But like mm-hmm. if someone, they've hit order on Amazon, but now they're mm-hmm. like, okay, I want to pray today. Where do you
1: mm-hmm. even start? Yeah. I mean, we've already said it. To me, in my opinion, you you literally start right where you're at. You start with the words that you have, and you, you do not start from a place of comparison or contrast. You know, oh, gosh, do I have to pray like Annie prays or like right. Kevin prays, or do I have to pray like whoever what you know, my mom prayed, or my whatever it is. You know, it starts with today. You can really truly start with what is going on in your heart. And if you're like, okay, that's cool. I need a little more structure than that.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: there there is, I think, because this was the, the point that Jesus's disciples got to when they were so frustrated. And they it is in the text. Out of a little bit of a spirit of comparison, because they were looking at John's disciples and they yeah. saw how they prayed, and then they looked at Jesus and they saw how he prayed, and then they said, "Teach us how to pray." And then that prayer that I think most folks, whether they're new to prayer, or they've been praying a long time, might have heard or be familiar with the Lord's Prayer. I think again, you know, where we I, over or I overcomplicate prayer too much. I think when it comes to this way that Jesus taught us to pray we oversimplify that one too much because we just make it a prayer to memorize. Like if I just say this memorized prayer, then that really counts and you can go through it without even thinking about it. Right. But I think what Jesus was really giving us, there's like, okay, if you are, if you're wanting to pray and you're new to this whole idea that there's a way to pray. And again, this is a little bit more in the book, but you know, it's, it's a couple words that I borrowed this idea from Anne Lamott, but it's a couple words, you know, wow. Can you just start with a wow prayer when Jesus says, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, that, that word that I'm sure you've used 10 times today. Yeah, hallowed. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's a wow prayer. Can you at least like, if you want to pray today, can you just look around and find something to say, wow, God, you're good. Wow. I look at my kids are like wow god look at the the fact that it's not snowing in chicago that's a yeah. good thing right now in the, <laughs> yeah. in the middle of winter well, you know and so a wow prayer can you start there and that could take 30 seconds 60 seconds that is like you just acknowledging there is a god and i see you at work so that's the you know that's a prayer a please prayer you know when jesus says yeah. give us today our daily bread god i have these needs please please would you yeah. I, and that's i think that one might be a little easier prayer for folks. That sort of petitionary prayer is sort of our our primal prayer. You know, it's God help, God right. help, God right. help. Yeah, please, help. Please, help us, please. yeah. Start with that. Are there things going on in your life? God, please, I need you to move, you know? And then when Jesus talks about lead us not into temptation, that's a help prayer. God, will you help me with this? Yeah. So, you know, that please prayer is, God, would you provide? That help prayer is, God, would you guide? Would you yeah. help give me guidance? And then I love that, Jesus brings it back to God in the end, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Like that's wow again. Like you can just come back and go, God, I, but whatever it is that I've said, please for, whatever it is that I've said, help for, or or even thanks for, ultimately, God, I just want to say, wow, you, the fact that I can sit here. I mean, listen, Annie, that's a powerful prayer. God, I'm talking to you. Yeah. I'm, I am talking to you and I'm believing that you're here and that you hear. Right. Wow. That is it. That's enough of a prayer to acknowledge that God cares. He's here. He's near. So I, I, I and just. And that for don't 400
0: years between the Old Testament and the New Testament, no one spoke to him and he didn't speak to anyone. Like, we didn't. There we was didn't, silence no, you didn't for 400 our, years. Were,
1: right, right, right. And so to be able to go, wow, I can actually come into your presence, which is already everywhere, but I can. And you're here and you yeah. care. Yeah. Wow. That is like just that is enough of a prayer. And I think it has the power to kind of reframe or recenter your day and again you could be brand new to prayer and you could start with that you know a wow prayer or a please prayer or a help prayer and you can that's 30 seconds 60 seconds 90 seconds you know you can yeah. just that you spend more time brushing your teeth and so right. you know you could just do that right where you're at
0: yeah i just think that the reminder of the mystery of it but that this hasn't always been possible. People weren't always able to approach him
1: because of our sin and because of his
0: holiness. And then Jesus made a way. It just like, we just don't know how good we have it.
1: (laughs) No, we really, we, 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 yeah, we were not in those tabernacle days. We were not, you know, where there was a lot of, and God was teaching his people something there, right? That God was teaching them a, a way of coming to him and setting up for the day when we would be able to just walk confidently into his throne room, into his presence. But no, we, we don't know how good we've got it that we can just start while we're driving, while we're listening to this, you know, you can hit pause and just, right now pray that is a yeah. powerful thing that we have access to what a what a, what an amazing invitation God's given us to just come to him right where we're at
0: yeah what do we do when we pray and we don't hear anything or we pray and we don't see anything change
1: yeah this is um I'm actually working and writing a piece on this right now about the silence of God and yeah. you know um Saint John of the cross said that that silence is God's first language mm. that's that's hard. Silence is God's first. Yeah, that, that's not encouraging, <laughs> is it?
0: You're silence right, is and God's, it's good, but yeah, But it's
1: true. I know that that's his first, like, that God is incredibly, incredibly comfortable with silence. Yeah. He is so comfortable with silence. And we're the ones who aren't, right? Right. And so it's just like, I... I Listen, I'm not. I, I'm you and I are Enneagram Sevens. Like, silence is like the plague. Like, that's probably worse than you getting the flu. I think I was texting uh-huh. you the other day, like, isn't this awesome? You <laughs> don't have to talk. You're like, no, it's the literal <laughs> worst. I want, I can't talk to anyone right? So we're, I think what is you actually that, said is
0: Michael Jordan won an NBA championship well, when he had the flu. Let's record. He, I was like, I listen, can't get out of bed.
1: That, okay. That was my first text <laughs> to you before I knew how serious this was, that Michael Jordan's <laughs> flu game was one of his greatest games ever. But you know what? You do you, boo. You but do yeah, you. we're here now. We're here now. Sorry. Keep yes, going. Yes, that's right. No, I just think that for me, that, you know, that is, that's one of those things Like we were talking about earlier. It's like, okay, do I, is this going to blow up my faith or grow up my faith when I don't hear from God? And I would say as much as I make the case and I contend in this book that we overcomplicate prayer, that all these obstacles that we put in front of us and God are actually invitations to new ways of prayer. There still is far more mystery, Annie. There is like an eternity of mystery around God, of, 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 of who he is, of how he moves, and and so part of that mystery is he chooses silence. He chooses when to speak. He chooses uh, his timing is all his. And so, for for me, the shift has been, and it's been over many years, kicking and screaming. Yeah. To if I'm going to if if silence is a part of how God is with me in relationship that I need to make sure I understand that silence is not the same as absence. They're mm, not the same. That's important. Silence doesn't, does not mean absence. Yeah. And I think it's so easy to assume, well, if God's silent, he's not here. If he doesn't hear me and I don't hear him, then he doesn't care. But that's not, you know, my, my, my and I have been married now almost 24 years. And there'll be times where we're doing the dishes together or we're in the car and we don't talk for a couple minutes, you know, and we're, we're really okay. You know, I mean, we're, because there's just such a level of love and relationship with each other that we don't have to always be talking to each other, you know? And so there, the, God just is incredibly comfortable with that. So the shift for me was, okay, if he's silent, that doesn't mean he's absent. And maybe there is an invitation here for me to learn to embrace silence. God doesn't seem to have any problem with silence. I do. And so this has been the counterintuitive path for me, Annie, and I know I this is my hunch as you might relate to this, given how you're wired, is to be able to choose silence, to actually say, okay, I want to learn to sit in silence with you. I want to learn to get comfortable in silence with you. And so it's been a whole new way over the past five years of me praying, which is just silence and meditation. I mean, I did it this morning. It's just sitting for five minutes and on my hero days, 10 minutes where I just sit in silence. There's not a you know, podcasts in my ear. There's not a person reading the Bible to me. There's not a journal open. There's not any of those things that we so quickly can go to that can be incredible tools or incredible distractions. Right. And just sit in silence and trust. And I just sit. And there's a whole practice that I do of paying attention to my thoughts, letting them go, and resting in before I start my day, resting in the silence of God. And it has been a pretty... Um, profound shift that, again, I would love for it to sound way better than it actually is. This this is an imperfect practice. I'm just not good at that that at
0: all. So I'm learning everything you're saying to me.
1: Well, I, I would just, I would, that was my story about myself as well. But the truth is you, I am actually already really good at being silent with God because there's tons of parts of my life and areas of my life that I don't bring to him in prayer.
0: Oh, that, I, actually, ba- that's rude. You're Do right. you know what I mean? Like yes. I get mad,
1: I get mad at God for being silent with this one specific area, but I have 10 times more things that I'm like, <laughs> man, we're not going to talk about that. God. <laughs> oh, I, I you're got this right. one. I'm not going to bring it up because I got this one. Don't worry about it.
0: Oh, that's brutal. So
1: like, I'm already pretty good at being silent with God in certain aspects and areas of my life. So yep. to be able to sort of intentionally and deliberately choose a practice of silence, again, it doesn't all of a sudden, it's like we're talking about tipping the scales. It doesn't all of a sudden by me being quiet for five minutes or 10 minutes, make God talk. It's not about that. It's about me just learning to rest that even if I don't hear from God in this particular area or this particular moment, that doesn't mean that he's not here. That is, you know, that I can trust that I can rest in this and lean into that old promise be still and know that I am God. You can be still, Jarrett. You can act, you can be still yeah. and know that I am God. Yeah. And that is for me, is, you know, going back to Enneagram stuff, you know, for as much as that's a part of who I am, the seven thing, it has been a kicking and screaming discipline that I am so thankful that I've kind of keep fighting for and, uh, and to make a part of my uh my everyday life and so I think that for me it's there's I'm there's no possible answer I can give someone who's like yeah I've asked and asked and I don't hear anything from God there's no easy answer to give to that part of the mystery of God the only thing I would offer is what would it look like for you to join God in that silence to intentionally spiritually join God in that silence and sit with him and and see if some other level of trust Or awareness of His goodness and presence comes up by just you resting the fact that you don't have to hear from Him to know that He's here with you.
0: That's really good, Uh, Jared. That's really good. I'm like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. (laughs) Uh, As I'm listening to you, this is so true. How do you mark when God does answer your prayers?
1: Gosh, that is so good, Annie. I think that 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 is um, that is an underdeveloped discipline um for me personally and I think maybe for other folks as well of celebration you know I think um we have monuments there's no other way to say it around our church of where we've seen God move where we we create works of art and we create these little places that our folks can go to and look and see God did a thing God moved in a way that is beyond us and is and they serve as little reminders, and and lots of folks who are new to our church are just coming and have no idea the backstory. But Virginia and I, and those of us who've been here for a while, we know that it's incredibly important to mark those. You know, this last week I at Soul City I taught the story of uh, the Israelites crossing over the Jordan River and how significant that was. And there's a whole story there that I could just start preaching about right now yeah. about how God was working upstream on their behalf before they even knew it like his time was way ahead of them before they even stepped out in faith but when they crossed over they did something very important they stopped and on the other side they set up these stones this they built this little monument called stones of remembrance to just mark god did a thing here god moved on our behalf here and it says in the text for generations people will come and see and know that god moved on our behalf and i think those little monuments, those little markers, those little, you know, some people get a tattoo, some people, you know, put up a little post-it note, some people create a little work of art, what, whatever it is, because there's going to be moments where my faith is waning, is where my faith is weak, where I'm questioning the goodness of God, and I need to be able to look back at the faithfulness of God for yeah. me to step forward in faith, whatever's with me. And so those little things are incredibly important. And so for Jeannie and I, we have those in our bedroom. We have these little ways of marking God's movement in our life. And um, because Jeannie is wired the way she is, they look nice and cool. So is it like pieces of art? yeah, the things that we've created or we've asked artists in our life to create to kind of commemorate each, when we do them each year on our anniversary. So it's a way of marking God's faithfulness that year in our marriage and looking oh, ahead so cool. at the next year in our marriage. Um, and so we have those, but Annie, it, don't overcomplicate it. It could be a post-it note that you place on your computer. It could be a post-it note that you place up in work. God, I saw you answer this prayer. God, I saw you move. I'm telling you, this is one of the most important practices for us Because there's going to come a day when your faith is waning, when you're questioning the goodness of God, the power of God, that you're going to want to, and you're going to need to look back on this day where you saw God move. You're going to need those stones of remembrance to remind you that God is faithful and you can move forward in faith. And so that discipline of celebration sounds way easier than you think, but it's incredibly important to just mark, no, I actually saw you move. I mean, this you know, God, you answered a prayer. I didn't even know I could pray. Like, do you even to acknowledge that? I didn't even know I should be praying for that. But, God, you moved above and beyond. Write it down, put it somewhere so that you don't forget it. Because one day your future self is yeah. going to thank you for marking this moment today because it will be a gift to you then.
0: Yeah. I, I do that in my journals by journaling things. One yeah. of the things Pastor Kevin journals does all his journaling on Evernote so he can like search words. And yeah, go just back. Pull it right up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but something that the listeners know that I'm doing this year, Jared, is I've got big sticky notes in my prayer room. Like I have like a mm-hmm. room in my house that's too small to be anything important. <laughs> well, it's very important, mm-hmm. but it's too mm-hmm. small to be a room. And right. so up on the walls, I have these big sticky notes and I'm literally just like mapping out as I pray which things grow and which things die. And mm. so it's just powerful, covering man. my walls. And so I'm just—I just felt kind of an invitation from God at the end of last year of like, what if you literally like, here are the two options for this situation. What if you prayed both of them and saw which garden grew?
1: Yeah, that's really powerful. It's been super fun. You you know, you turned a little nook into into that, but so I mean, someone could do that on a file on their computer in a journal, like you said, or with a post-it note. Like, God, I'm—I want to—I'm going to chart your faithfulness. Yeah, I think that that marking of that is it's in, it's incredibly important because let's just be honest. We're going to come to a season where we question God again. I mean, it's yep. inevitable where you go, God, I don't, I just don't know this time. I don't know. And so to be able to look back and go, wait a second. I have a, I have receipts. Yeah. <laughs> have, I've got the receipts. I, have, I got the receipts that you've been faithful to me. I can yeah. track this. Yeah. I can point to this. That's incredibly important.
0: That's awesome. Um, if there is one, not incredibly private, um, piece of art in y'all's room that you could, is there one that isn't like incredibly private that we could see or no? Are they all like way too Yeah, personal? of course. Yeah. Will you no, just like post are, no. one on your Instagram. I would just love for people to see examples.
1: Well, and the cool thing is to see them all. We started doing this on our anniversary. We got to a point where I think it was like our 13th or 14th wedding anniversary. We're like, okay, I don't know what to get you anymore. Like, what do I even like, you know, and and we're also at a point where we're like, just tell me what you want. So I don't screw it up again. You know, like, (laughs) so we're like, so well, um, maybe I was at that point. Jeannie wasn't at that point. And so we decided to start, well, what if we could rewrite our vows based on what, where we've seen God grow us this last year and what we want to be true. And so, again we we didn't think it all the way through because we started in the beginning with creating this little gift for each other and that was i think year 14 is when we started and we did 14 new vows like this is what i'm committed to and i've seen god move and now i'm committed to this and then each year we've added a vow so you know it's like so now we're up to 24 years we've been married and so now we're having to we're having to renegotiate the adding a vow every year because you know it's it's (laughs) It's getting Did, to be a little yeah, so say, You are going to be the people and, who
0: are married like 60 years and have a lot of things you yeah, have to keep up with.
1: Yeah. These these are becoming wall-sized murals at this point, that's so right. we, need to, we need to tone it down a little bit. But yeah, no, I'd love to share that with us. That's something... Again, it's one of those things we just stumbled into that we're like, well, let's let's keep at this and see what comes of it. And now that's what fills our, our bedroom is all of these pieces that we've created and made for each other over the last you know 10 years to 11 years that we've been doing this. Yeah.
0: So. Oh, I love it. Well, your book... Praying through is what people need to grab first and and just walk through. It just feels like this is a year that God is inviting me and my friends who are listening to change our prayer lives a little bit. So you're a perfect guide for us. So thank you for writing Praying Through and for doing this.
1: Thanks, Annie. I'm so grateful for you and so grateful to be able to to talk about this. And I'm right there with you. I've been at this a long time, you know, praying since I was a little kid. And I, to me, I just go, God, there's so much more here that you have for me. And so I want to dive in deeper and I want to go out further than I ever have with you. And I I agree with you. Like, what if this year was a year that I prayed my way through versus struggling through, striving through, stumbling through, fumbling through? Like, what if I prayed my way through it and was able to look at your faithfulness this last year as I look ahead into the next year? I think that's that's all.
0: We talk a lot around here. I mean, we talked about it this week earlier on the podcast with Anthony O'Neill, where we don't do New Year's resolutions. We do New Year's experiments because everyone yeah. wants to see how an experiment ends. So you even phrasing it for, what if we prayed our yeah. way through 2020? What yeah, could what this year look like? And and with experiments, yeah. you don't give up because you want to see how they end.
1: Yeah, everybody right. wants to I'm, see if everything
0: blows up. Yeah,
1: I you know? have a hypothesis, but I right. want to—I want to follow the scientific method and see where this thing leads. That's right. That's yeah. right. And so that's—that's that's totally. a great
0: way for uh, that I'm going to think about prayer this year, and I'm going to invite my friends listening to think about prayer this year. Is like, I just wonder how could this year be different if I prayed the whole way through.
1: Yeah. No. That's I, a I. Great question. I just and to not make like I'm so glad you said the way to not make it this hard thing or this you know, challenge. And like, I'm all for, I've done read the Bible in a year. I've done that a couple of times in my life. It's been powerful and meaningful. And if I'm being honest, there were lots of days where it felt like a duty and I felt like, like, Oh God, I got to, I'm six days behind what happened, you know? And I, (laughs) and and, and I'm maybe missing the spirit of the whole thing. And I think for this to hold that, like, what an opportunity, what a way if I can come to God as I am throughout this year. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be this. I got to pray this way every day, but I have a way of praying. It becomes my way of life. I, I just think it opens up so much more possibility with God and, and for my life. So that's yeah. the whole heart of the book.
0: Oh, I agree. Um, hey, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about?
1: Uh, oh, Annie, where do we? I know, mean, I know. Where do we I even <laughs> start? We even there are start? just so
0: many things we didn't get to talk about. But I do have one final question. That we always okay. ask. Jarrett Stevens, one of my favorite Enneagram 7s, yes, one of my favorite pastors. Yes, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you do for fun.
1: Mm-hmm. What do I do for fun? Um, uh, you know, there, is, there are a couple things that are fun for me, and it doesn't take much for me to find fun in anything or to, Amen. to uh, abandon all things that I should be doing in the quest for fun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so... so, so Uh, a couple of things. I, 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 this sounds cheesy, but I'll go through a couple real quick. Our kids are just so much fun. I just, I, I really genuinely authentically mean that like they, and as they're getting older, they, they make me laugh harder and harder and they are quick and funny and deep and soulful. And so hanging with them and getting into the things that they're into is really fun. Uh, another thing that's fun is, uh, I, Annie, get ready for it. I'm ready. I am a closet DJ and have what? been for many, many, many years. It's what? true. It's all Wait, true. I, my those brain
0: who, is remembering a corner of this, but I did not pull who, it forward.
1: Those who know me know that that's one of the things that I do uh, to crowds of tens of twenties of people. And, um, <laughs> And so (laughs) Lollapalooza
0: 2020, let's just pray it into being.
1: Yeah. So it is my DJ name is DJ Tanner. And I think that the reference goes deep. And so it is, uh, that is so, it is like a fun little escape because it's creativity that has no stakes for me. You know, it's a a thing to just do to have fun that doesn't have any stakes attached to it. It's just to have fun and making something uh, happen and making people move is a lot of fun for me. So that's another one. And then it's not—it's unfortunately it's not fun right now. But um, my, I have a motorcycle that I fixed up—an old motorcycle um, that I fixed up over the last couple of years since the last book came out—and yeah. it is so fun for me uh, to be able to drive that through Chicago. It's the exact same motorcycle that Prince had on the cover of Purple Rain.
0: Oh, brilliant! I don't know if you can
1: bring that visual up to your mind. It's yes. the exact same. Make a mo- and I have greatly modified it. It looks—I no- wish it looked like his, but it looks nothing like his. And yeah. so getting out on my motorcycle and, and being able to do that when it's above uh, 32 degrees yeah. is something that is a ton of fun for me. And again, it's one of those things where I just, I can just slide into a completely different mode. I'm not worried about, I'm just present. I'm just present with yeah. enjoying being out and doing that. So those are a couple of things that uh, those who know me know that I, uh, I do for fun.
0: Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, you're just the best. Anytime our friends are in Chicago, they're welcome at Soul City Church.
1: Uh no, they have to call ahead and they have to. Please make, make a, a reservation. reservation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, Annie. Yeah, of course. Good. Oh my gosh, and we have lots of mutual friends. So anytime any anyone who hears listening, any friend of Annie's obviously is a friend of ours.
0: Well, thank you. Yes, I. I we like to be able to tell people where to go and who to hang with in cities. So I like like them knowing that if you're in Chicago, Soul City Church is where you're going to
1: find me. Well, and. We will do more than just filling you up spiritually. We will tell you exactly. I mean, I'm not kidding. Our, our folks love to tell people exactly where you need to eat, exactly yes. what pizza you need to have, exactly where you should be hanging out. And so, and our neighborhood that our church is in is, I think, the coolest neighborhood in the city of Chicago. So, I agree. Comes through, it's we'll, so cool. We'll, we'll give you a whole list of recommendations for you.
0: I love it. Um, well, thanks for being on the show, buddy. I appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much, Annie. Love you. Appreciate all that you do.
0: Oh, friends, don't you love Jarrett? Oh, my gracious, what a gift. And I feel like he gave us such easy handholds and some real interesting ways to walk towards doing prayer in a different way this year where we can embrace the mystery, but also the power of it. And so I hope you'll grab a copy of Praying Through and give Jarrett a follow on Instagram, Twitter, all the places. Tell him thanks for being on the show and how much this conversation meant to you. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you need me, that is how you can find me. Just a reminder, we are headed out on tour, the Love Better Tour. The tickets are almost gone, and I want you guys to be there. So make sure you head to CompassionLive.com and look for the Love Better Tour. Grab a ticket and join us. We would absolutely love it. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. And we will see you back here on Monday with my friend, you lover, Jenny Allen. We'll see you back here on Monday. Y'all have a great weekend.